Welcome to the Difference of 13 podcast, where we make a difference by doing it differently. Welcome back to the Difference of 13. This is Chris, and here with my beautiful co-host. Terry. And we have an awesome guest with us today. We are so excited. For those of you out there who are tired of uh, what actually we just experienced the other day, calling a doctor's office, and they didn't even say hello or ask me how my day was going until about, actually never. Never. Um, uh, and how many times <laughs> did you get transferred? Uh, at least four. Yeah. So uh, we have Dr. Patrick O'Connell here with us uh, today from Sentinel Primary Care in Raleigh. And um, well, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Yeah. Glad to be here. Um, I'm not even going to attempt to introduce you because I always do a terrible job when we have people on. So, <laughs> so um, why don't you, you know, tell everybody listening that they're in their car or just, you know, who knows, maybe they're actually taking time sitting and listening to us. Right. Um, you know, tell a little bit about you and you mm-hmm. know, how you started the practice and yeah. kind of go from there. Yeah. So the, uh, just sort of the thumbnail of myself. So I'm actually a North Carolina native, uh, born out uh, near Winston. Uh, went to Carolina for medical school and then up to uh, Hopkins, Johns Hopkins Bayview for residency. Worked up there for a couple of years, but then uh, got married and came back to North Carolina 13 years ago. Um, and so for the first 11 years that I was back in North Carolina, I worked for Duke for their primary care network, uh, which was good. I, I, Duke's an awesome medical system. Um, but as it kind of ties into me then opening up Sentinel Primary Care Two year, almost two years ago now, um, it, it's sort of that struggle with the traditional insurance-based setting where the financial pressures are such that you have to see a lot of people per day in order to pay the bills, which translates into not getting to spend much time with any one person. Or if you do spend time with any one person, everybody else on the schedule pays the price because now you're an yes. hour behind schedule. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we love that. Yo, yeah, yeah. And it's your fault. And well, I, I got very good at saying, I'm sorry I'm late. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, because, you know, my, I mean, I know it's a little cliche, but like, I actually went into medicine because I actually wanted to help people. Right. Um, but just structurally, that was really hard to do when the time pressures were what they were. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, there's a point where I felt like, okay, I'm, I'm ignoring the clock and I'm spending the time with folks that I need to, but I'm an hour behind schedule by the end of the morning. And then I start the afternoon and I'm an hour behind schedule by the end of the yeah. afternoon and everybody's mad. I mean, yeah. the next patient in line is mad, the nurses are mad, the administrators are mad. Yeah. Um, and, and as the time pressures grew, I realized it's, this is going to get to a point where people are either so mad that they don't want to see me anymore yeah. <laughs> or... I have to sort of capitulate to the time pressures right. and not spend enough time with people and do sort of a an inadequate job, yeah. uh, which is not what I went into medicine to do. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so as yeah, <laughs> so so as that tension kind of grew over the years, and I started thinking like, what else? How else can I do this? Um, and so, uh, although I'm not an entrepreneurial kind of guy by nature, I'm not looking for the next thing to do. Um, as I looked at the idea of a different practice structure, uh, I decided if I really want to be the kind of primary care doctor that I really want to be, I have to get out of the traditional setting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what I what I ended up doing is the model called direct primary care. What is that? I've 
Uh, people are hearing about that more and more. Yeah, more. right. Yeah, we, we say cash physical therapy, and people mm. look at you like you got three heads. Right. Yeah. What is what is direct primary care? Yeah. So direct primary care. A couple ways I describe it. So one is it's sort of the modern evolution of what was the original concierge practice. Mm-hmm. Now the original concierge was sort of like doctor to the rich and famous. There's lots of money changing hands. Um, so, you know, inaccessible for most people. That evolved over the years to the direct primary care model, where what the what the title of it means is it's a direct financial relationship between the person coming to the office and the doctor. So the idea then in a direct primary care practice is folks pay a monthly membership fee, and then that membership fee pays for all of the services in the practice. So there's okay. no charge per visit. There's no copay. Uh, you know, if I do an EKG for somebody, it doesn't add cost to their visit. If wow, I, that's amazing. Yeah, like if I do a skin biopsy, office procedures, it's all paid for through the mm-hmm. membership fee. I have, and I have to imagine that totally changes how you practice. It totally does. Yeah. I mean, so the so I'm not uh, I'm not sort of beholden to insurance anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not chasing after you know poor insurance reimbursement. So therefore, I don't have to rush through visits. Yeah. I can spend probably twice the amount of time with folks per visit than compared to what I used to be able to do. What's like? What would you say is like an average length of visit? Uh, well, so like I'll schedule for an annual physical. I'll, I'll schedule an hour. Wow. Um, I got 20 minutes previously when I was at Duke. Now I get Jeez. an hour. Um, <laughs> when I see folks for a follow-up visit or a sick visit, I schedule half an hour. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So it's substantially more time. So we can get more stuff done. We yeah. can and during talk that, through more things. I was going to say, probably during that time, people open up a lot more. Yes. Yes. I, I know for me, if I feel like the doctor's got his hand on the door waiting to jump to the <laughs> next patient, I'm like, well, I won't bring up that thing because... Yeah. They're busy. Whereas mm-hmm. if we're actually sitting down having a conversation, I might reveal something that's beneficial. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So you're probably actually able to develop a relationship where, yeah. whereas in that set, if, if his doors, if his hand is on the door, you're like, well, I don't want to bother him. It's probably nothing anyway. And yeah. yeah. Turns out it was something. Yeah. Bad. <laughs> right. Um, right. So uh, it just blows my mind that you can like, just, yeah, I think we should do an EKG. Let's do it. And mm-hmm. That to me, that's like what you know. For us, like you can needle, and you don't have to charge more. Right. You know, we can go. Let's throw on the three D assessment because I don't need to worry about not getting paid for that. Like that's just what you need. Yeah. And so really, I was we joke about like the shackles or the handcuffs being removed. It sounds like it's the same thing. Yeah. In your case as well. Yep. And it, so like some of the nice things in a traditional setting, you know, a big portion of kind of time spent and effort spent is towards documentation to mm-hmm. convince an administrative person <laughs> that you've done what they want you to do. Yeah. And that actually that actually consumes a, a significant amount of time and mental energy that I don't think it adds to, to better care. Right. Um, I don't have to worry about that now. Yeah. I'm not... I'm not having to check this administrative box uh, that I can just talk to the person yeah. and deal with whatever the issues are at hand. So since you don't have to get prior authorization from insurance, does that mean your patients get taken care of a lot faster? I think so. I mean, so part of the part of the practice model is that because I don't have to see, you know, a gazillion people per day, uh, the, a totally full direct primary care practice is probably... Gosh, less than half the size of a standard practice, mm-hmm. which means it's easier access. People can get in to see me the same day. Um, so it's sort of a better service model. I, I do, since folks who have insurance, you know, if they use it to go get an MRI, for example, mm-hmm. I still have to do the prior authorization stuff right. there so that yeah. I can't escape that. But for the things in the office, like 
somebody says, I want to come in to see you for this, or I want to, I want to do, I want to do a spirometry in a traditional practice. I said, well, it's probably not going to be covered. It's going to be a you know, hundred bucks out of your pocket. Like, sure, come on in. Let's do it. Um, so it's, so it's easier to yeah. not have to think about what's the insurance. I've run into do. that where the doctor wants to do a test or something, but it's mm-hmm. like, well, you're going to have to come back in on a different day because we got to go through insurance and everything yes. first. So for me, right. it's like taking more time off of work, right. another trip out of the house. Well, so. I mean, that's, that's the commodity nobody talks about with healthcare is time, yeah. right. the consumer's time. Um, and this is, you know, we've gone back and forth. I don't understand. I still struggle to understand how healthcare is not seen as a business. And would you ever go to a restaurant, order a burger off the menu, and not know what it was going to cost you until you <laughs> left, and leave it up to the you know the person ringing you up to say, well, let's see, that was coded as a, as a jalapeno, and not, you know what I mean? Like that's just yeah. that's stupid. Or you know, we're in the golf world, and if you take, would you ever, uh, you know, we talk about going to take a golf lesson. You go to the pro shop. It's fifty dollars just to get on the books. There's your copay. And then how much is the lesson? Well, I don't know. It depends what they do with you. So then you can say, okay, so you go out and you do putting. And they say, and you say, well, I want to work on my, look at my driver. And you say, well, that's going to be another cost. I don't know how much it'll be, though. It all depends how much they charge you on the way out. Like, would you ever go back to that golf lesson? Right. I'm like, no. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's what we consider okay. And I think that's the cool thing to me. You know, when I met you, like, heard about what you guys were doing. And that with that direct pay model, you as the provider, like, the value, it's its a truly well-run business where you can have a relationship with somebody and help them and do what they need. And the transparency is built into the fact of this is what it costs. We'll do what we need to do to take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, that's so, so much. It's refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, well, and it's, it's, <clears throat> it's nice as well that um, like from a cost standpoint, when you have the idea that like, I walk in, I pay my $20 copay, and then everything else just happens in this mysterious black box. Even for the doctor, I don't know how much things cost. And if I order this study, is this going to cost you $10 or no dollars or $100? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So, But now I know what things cost. I mean, yeah. some things I don't have to charge people for, but now I, I pay attention because you know a lot of folks who will come see me, they'll, for example, they might have a high deductible, you know, catastrophic plans. So they get admitted to the hospital, they're not ruined financially, but right. then they'll they'll join a direct primary care practice. Well, that means I have to be more attentive to how much is your medicine going to cost? Or if we want to do this x-ray, how much is it going to cost? And being being very deliberate in not wasting people's money and knowing here's what it's actually going to cost you mm-hmm. for you to go get this chest x-ray. And is that how we want to spend your money? Uh, and being able to say to the person, all right, here's exactly what it'll be. And, and they know, and it's not this mysterious, like, well, I don't know how much test x-rays are. <laughs> when that envelope comes in the mail and it's like, oh, do I want to yeah, open this? Yeah. Or, no, I'm going to leave that till I'm feeling up for it. <laughs> Actually, you just reminded me, Patrick, I had a, we went to the doctor, uh, my wife and I, and we were, they brought us into the financial advi- the financial advisor. And so you, the test you're having today is going to cost you, it's going to cost, I think she said like $400. And so I asked her, I said, well, is that what you're billing the insurance? Or is that what my, like, is that the negotiated rate? Yeah. Or, and she goes, well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I said, wait, wait a minute, hang on. You're the financial advisor and you can't, she's like, I actually don't know how much it's going to cost you. I said, so why are we sitting in this room? <laughs> you don't even know. So, so then we went in and the woman who did the test as we're leaving, I said, you know, how are you, can, do I get a copy of the codings? Like, how, how are you going to build out? What are you going to do? And she goes, uh, what, what do you mean? I said, well, how much, what? 
what are you billing? She goes, well, I don't do the billing. I said, but you do the coding. Well, yeah. I said, that's billing. Right. But she, she's like, oh, I've been doing this for 10 years. Nobody's asked me that question. I said, like, like that's what's wrong is with this people. There's, they have no idea that like when I was in physical therapy, I didn't even know how much what I was doing cost. I don't right. know. Manual therapeutic exercise. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I think that's so true as we see that here with physical therapy too, is if you're going to go get an, an MRI, it forces you to say, okay, well, how much is that going to actually cost you? And mm-hmm. if you go get that, then the next question is, does that change your course of treatment? So right. similar to the chest right. x-ray. Yep. And it's, well, if it came back positive or not, we're still going to take this course of action. Well, then why are you going to spend the money on imaging at this point? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it, it adds a layer of responsibility back to the healthcare professional. Hey, I've, I've irritated mm-hmm. a couple of doctors with that question of, if I do this test, is it going to change the course of treatment? Mm-hmm. And they'll say no. And then, well, why are we doing the test? That's a great question. Well, <laughs> because I want to know for sure. And I was like, well, then you can pay the $3,500 for the MRI to satisfy your curiosity. I'm good with a little ambiguity. Right. As long as I get better, I'm good. Yeah, yeah but yeah. it's it's made a couple of doctors really uncomfortable. They did mm. not like that. And that also told me, like, you're probably not the right doctor for mm. me, so... So speaking of it's a great lead and we're getting better at these the more we do. Uh, (laughs) In terms of finding out like if direct pay is right for somebody or Mm -hmm. we always talk about, we were talking a little bit before we came on about the first phone call. Like Mm -hmm. what is, what's the client experience like if they call your office and and they say, Hey, you know, or Dr. O'Connell want to talk to them. Like, can they just come in and talk to you? Like, like what's, what's the customer experience yeah. in a practice like yours? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a, a big part of it, I mean, part of my draw to be a primary care doctor in the first place is because I want to have that long-term relationship where I know the people that I'm taking care of. It's not just, oh, chart number 173. How are you today? <laughs> uh, so, so in setting up the practice, we try to make it much more kind of personal touch than sort of your standard sterile, big mm-hmm. uh, uh, medical practice kind of experience. So unless we're unusually busy, a real person will answer the phone and will be pleasant. Uh, for folks who are like, well, you know, I don't know if I want to join and add this expense to what I'm doing monthly. I'm like, well, come on in and let's just sit down and talk and do sort of a, a meet and greet to see if the chemistry's right. Because, right. you know, that, that matters. You want to it like does. your primary it care does. doctor. And if you don't like them, then it's probably not the right person to see. So I want people to feel like, all right, this is a good fit. Um, So so we make that kind of thing available for people to come in and look around and meet the staff and meet me and Mm -hmm. decide if it it suits them. So That's awesome. I don't know of any other doctor. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool. Yeah. Um, So then, and so they, let's say they come in, I don't know why they wouldn't like you, you're a nice guy, but (laughs) they, and then they say, okay, I want to What's like? What's the next step from there? Yeah. So then the person who says, "All right, sign me up," mm-hmm. um, you know, we'll we'll get them signed up. So we'll gather medical information and you know do all the all the behind the scenes stuff of um, figuring out medicines and surgeries they've had in the past. And just so I know from a medical perspective what's going on with them, uh, commonly we'll set up that first visit, whether it's to address something medical or do a physical, or sometimes just like, "Hey, let's meet and let's let's be connected." So right, now that yeah. when you need something. We know each other and we have a connection. So, yeah. you know, you get the flu at, you know, 2 a.m. on Friday and you call me on call. Like, I know who you are. You know who I am. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, we, we get that visit going and then and then we're off to the races from there. So And then from a visit standpoint, do you, does your typical patient just set up kind of a once a year annual and then check in 
from there? Or what's, yeah, what does that look like? It kind of depends on, on what the person's needs are. So like an annual physical definitely is, is part of what I do for folks who have medical things that we're monitoring. Um, you know, say, I don't know, high blood pressure that's mm-hmm. controlled, you know, I'll do a couple time a year check. One of the check-ins will be the physical, but I'll do a mid-year check-in mm-hmm. when we we'll see each other, you know, listen to the heart, check whatever labs we might need to. Um, so, <clears throat> so there's kind of the on schedule follow-up items and then sort of the open door for sick visits, injuries, you know, funny looking mole that somebody wants me to look at. Um, and that's just kind of ad hoc. So whatever you need and folks come in and you address it. Cool. And then I saw on your website, telemedicine. Yes. So you're doing it. Yeah. It's very cool. So, cause the idea is in a traditional setting, Far and away, the predominant way that you generate revenue is you see people in the office. Mm -hmm. Uh, With the direct primary care model, I don't have to bring people in to generate revenue. So if I need to sort of have a visit, but I don't have to put a stethoscope on somebody's chest, if we don't have to physically be in the same room, well, then the person has the option to not be in the same room with me. And we can do telephone visits. We can do a video visit on the computer. Um, So it's – and folks can – Call me from home, call me from work, so they're not That's having awesome. to take the time away. Uh, and that actually works great. Um, I do telephone visits pretty much every day of the week. There's, yeah. there's somebody who's like, hey, I need to talk to you about this, or I want to follow up with you on that. Uh, but we realize, like, you don't need to come into the office for it. Let's just schedule a phone visit. That's amazing. Yeah. Just, I, I, did, did it, I did my first telehealth visit oh, did earlier you? this okay. week, and I am such a fan. Yes. Um, I had an upper respiratory thing. I was 99% sure what it was. Mm-hmm. Under normal circumstances, you have to make the phone call, mm-hmm. get in the car, drive to the doctor's office, sit and wait for a long time. Is there time. an hour behind schedule? Is there an hour behind schedule? In the meantime, I'm breathing in all these other germs. Then they put you in the little room and you sit in there for what, you know, so it would have yeah. taken up a few hours yeah. of my day. Yeah. This way, through my insurance, I just logged on to the computer. I was literally in bed in my jammies. <laughs> <laughs> it was not a pretty sight, but that's okay. I'm sure he's seen worse. Yeah. And he said, yes, it, it's upper respiratory. I'll call in a prescription to your local pharmacy. And I was done in 15 minutes yep. and I, never yeah. left my bed. It was yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, pretty cool. Yeah. Because yeah. there's so much stuff where you don't have to physically be in the same place. Right. I mean, sure, even somebody like, well, do I have a sinus infection? I'm like, well, here, put your finger here. Mm-hmm. Let me show you on the screen. Push. Mm-hmm. Does that hurt? Yeah. You know, I, I can do a lot of that stuff uh, remotely. Yeah. So, you know, oh, I have that's this nice rash. You yeah, know, exactly. Hold it up to the camera. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's similar. I think, I don't know if the, you probably know better than I do research in the medical world. I know in the physical therapy world, a lot of the outcomes, uh, there's a researcher, I think she's out of Duke. She's looking at the outcomes of telemedicine versus yeah. in, in, like, in person. Uh-huh. And the outcomes really are not statistic- like statistically significantly different. Wow. They're actually very similar. Uh, in our world, if you do need to put a hand on something, you mm-hmm. have to do it. But similarly, like if somebody has back pain and you suspect it's their glute, you can get a lacrosse ball. Put it here. Uh-huh. Does that hurt? Yes. <laughs> your face is bright red, and you're yelling four-letter words. That's probably the problem. Go with that for the next day. See if it, you know, see if that helps. Um, but yeah, I think that's where medicine is going, and it yeah. adds so much value. Mm-hmm. And when you're not constrained by the fact that the only way you can make money is by forcing somebody to come mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. I think that's. I think we're, in my opinion, we're approaching that dichotomy in our healthcare system where you're going to have. That volume based, I want to use my insurance and I'm cool wasting three hours of my day waiting for, mm-hmm. to get my, you know, my 
eyes checks or something. Right. Um, versus the hey, I can I can call you know, my doctor up. We're on a first name basis, and he can get me in later today, or mm-hmm. uh, I can just jump on a call and show him my kid's pink eye. Yeah. <laughs> they can do what they need to do for that. Um, but yeah, I just think the value that you're able to add it sounds like is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, and I guess continuing down that road, labs. So you just do yes. labs on site. So a lot of other places you got to go down to the yeah. lab. And- or, you know, go back another day. And mm-hmm. for me, I have ehlers Danlos, so I get to go to the doctor quite frequently. And it just, I get really frustrated when I go in for that sometimes five-minute appointment mm-hmm. with the doctor that had waited a good hour to see him for five minutes and only to say, oh, we need to have these tests run, but you're going to have to go to another location on another day and again, it's that taking time yeah. out of my yeah. life. You can't get that back. And I can't get it back. Yeah. And, you know, it's frustrating. So to be able to go someplace where, oh, you need this test done? We're going to do it right here, right now. Mm-hmm. That would be amazing. Yep. And so what we do is uh, some tests, will we actually run it in the office. So things like, I need the result right now. So, you know, urine sample for an infection or a swab for the flu. Uh, we do that in the office, and for everything else, where we, we work with LabCorp as our laboratory, we draw the blood in the office, so you don't mm-hmm. have to go to a LabCorp location, uh, and we, just, we hand the blood over to LabCorp, and they process it. I get the results back usually the next day, and then I'm emailing patients with results yeah. or calling or whatever the case right. may be. And then, um, and one of the, the very interesting things for me to learn when I was originally setting the practice up is... There's there's just so many entities in healthcare that don't like dealing with insurance and with LabCorp and I think it's the same with other labs as well. That if the, if somebody wants to use their insurance, that's fine. You know, we we hand over the blood that we drew and we hand over the insurance information and LabCorp processes it the same as normal. But for folks who don't want to use insurance for labs, then our arrangement with LabCorp gets huge discounts on most of the labs. I was shocked at how inexpensive it can be. Like a metabolic panel to look at kidney function and glucose and like monitor blood pressure medicine is literally a few dollars when we do the direct pay method. I can tell you it's not that if you go through insurance. No, indeed. (laughs) I I have seen bills like, you know, when kids go to the doctor, I'm like, holy cow, that costs a lot of money. Yeah, I I just had a metabolic panel done a few weeks ago. I think it was like $300 that my insurance got billed. Yeah. I mean, like somebody comes in to see me for a physical and we do kind of all the labs that we need to, their lab bill might be as low as $20 or $25. That's incredible. Yeah, and you know, if we add on some other stuff, we we could run it up to maybe ninety dollars if we try hard. Wow! But but like regular, boring annual physical stuff, you know, twenty twenty five bucks. So, That's incredible. So, yeah, wow. yeah. It's which I mean, it, it speaks to this whole thing that's for all your listeners worth knowing. You know, if if the radiology center or the the whatever entity within healthcare that you're working with, if they don't have to deal with insurance most places will give a big discount if you're paying out of right. pocket for things. And sometimes like if somebody has a high deductible plan, it may be cheaper to buy that MRI out of pocket, mm-hmm. get the discount for, for buying it out of pocket. Uh, and, and it, you come out ahead because you know, if, if it counts towards your deductible and using your insurance, you're paying full price for it yeah. mm-hmm. versus if you do the, the cash price, yep. you know, it's maybe as much as 50% off. See, he agrees with us that sometimes, we've said this so many times, that it's often it is cheaper to not use your insurance. Yes. As counterintuitive as yep. that is, yep. it's really, really true. Yeah. Yeah, but I think, and I think you mentioned, uh, <coughs> we were talking over at your office about 
the change, you know, this year, even compared to last year when you were at the, that fair, people mm-hmm. like a year ago looked at you with that three headed look. Yeah. And then, you know, this past year they started saying, Oh, I've heard of that. Yes. And I think in the next five years, I mean, this is, I think this is going to start to become the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. You feel the same way? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, it's still a tiny proportion of, of the, how primary care is delivered, but that tiny proportion is probably quadrupled in the past handful of years. And I think it's going to keep growing Yeah. Um, because it's, so it's many times less expensive. It's certainly more kind of personal attentive care. It's often better care. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more convenient. It's access to discounted labs and discounted radiology studies. I mean, there's just so many things about it that are so good yeah. that I, I can't imagine that this doesn't keep growing exponentially. There's so many parallels between that, the cash physical therapy world. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same way about the cash PT world of, you know, the average person who doesn't use their insurance and the PT is going to see generally 10 less visits before they're better. They're going to generally save $2,400, $2,500 overall. Uh, And so I think you're seeing a lot of those same PT world and we generally an hour one-on-one is kind of like a gold standard. And I was in practice, I'd get double booked on the 15 minutes and (laughs) God forbid somebody had a problem. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I, I can very much so relate to how you felt of, Oh crap, I'm an hour behind. And I think what people don't realize is that wears on the provider. Mm-hmm. And that's, and you go home, you're exhausted, you're mm-hmm. totally unfulfilled. I think that eventually what leads to poorer cares because you're just, you're, you just are so overwhelmed. You're like, oh, whatever. Yeah. 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 And I don't, and, you know, I, I think of myself as a good therapist, but in that model when I was working, it's like, I don't think I could be nearly half as good as I could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's a piece that often gets overlooked too, is I think it speaks very much so to the quality of yeah. care. Yeah, because otherwise you get tired, demoralized. You, you, I mean, I remember back in residency training when it was just overwhelming and exhausting. And I, I remember getting to a point where feeling in my gut that the people that I'm taking care of have become my adversaries because mm-hmm. they're the ones keeping me from getting half an hour of sleep when I'm on call yeah. in the hospital. That's totally the wrong way for to, to be delivering care. Um, and then over the years, you know, there's all these studies looking at physician burnout and healthcare and they're like, oh, we need to have mindfulness courses or we need to have, you know, support groups. I'm like, no, you just all need to be direct primary care doctors. <laughs> <laughs> so, you need to actually spend time with your patients. Yes, and, exactly. Yeah. I mean, because everybody goes into healthcare. I mean, really, I th- yeah. it, it is hackneyed, but people go into it because in general, they want to help people, but it gets beaten out of them by a system right. that does facilitate it. Right, and if you're not able to help people, then you feel like you're not being successful. Yes. And yeah. why would you want to keep doing this? I totally agree. Yeah, and I, and... And I think to finish that point is then you're, I guess I remember when I was at UNC in the therapy, you know, you, you, I'd get through a day seeing 22 patients in a day, mm. you know, way over productivity expectations. Um, because if you didn't, the guy was still waiting in the waiting room for you. So you had to see him. Mm-hmm. And then you'd go to these big staff meetings and they would browbeat you about how we need to be more productive, how yeah. we need to make more money. And yeah. It was like, are you kidding me? I just saw 20 people in eight hours. <laughs> I can't, I physically cannot see anybody else. And it really just, it just demoralizes you. And you mm-hmm. just, you know, you go home and my, Lauren, my wife, she said the last like six months, she goes, I hated you. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, when you left, you became yourself again. Like wow. you, like it was, it just totally affected my 
me of just my manner and everything. It was just, you're just like yeah. depressed almost. And it's hard. I mean, it really is hard. But yeah, I think, I don't know, I think it's awesome that you could be doing that. So for, like, you spoke about membership. Like, I think everybody's listening right now. They're like, how much does it cost? How much does it cost? <laughs> this sounds amazing. What is it, like four grand a month? Like, like what? Is, like, what is the cost of this? Yeah. So, uh, so very different practices do it different ways. I, I broke it down by age. So I'm a general internist, so I only I see people starting at 18. Okay. Yeah. I wish I were a family doc and could see kids too. Yeah. But uh, so essentially 18 up to 39 years old uh, is $59 a month, unlimited visits, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, folks in their 40s and 50s is $99 a month, and then 60 and over is $129. But and it sounds so like basically get... that's you know one office visit. Oh, easily. E- well, not even because yeah, I, I went to see my primary care recently, and I I just got the insurance bill for it, and it was I think it, it came back as like $200 yeah. for right. a probably five minute visit. In which we accomplish. Imagine nothing. if the doctors actually got that rate, right? Yeah, that's true. That that gets billed, and the amount of money that actually comes back to the doctor's right. office is a fraction. Of yeah, it. yeah. Like, I don't. What, I mean, I know in physical therapy, the average is like sixty bucks or sixty-five bucks, mm-hmm. and you can barely pay your bills. What is the average? Like, if somebody like for that bill, do you? I don't know if you know this, but do you have like any idea? Of, like, she gets billed two hundred. Like, how much that practice actually gets? That's a good question. I, do, like everybody else in healthcare, I don't no, know. <laughs> no idea. I mean, it, it, it's probably in the ballpark of like sixty to seventy cents on the dollar. Is my guess. Do you know who knows the answer to that question? Who? The bean counters at the insurance company. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They know it down know. to the half penny. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, the rates do continue to go up, and the reimbursement for the mm-hmm. providers yeah. continues to go down. So yeah. yeah. Simple math. It's going somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's not either of our pockets. Right. Um, so it sounds like, I mean, just talking about labs, I mean, you get like three labs done, you probably made your money back. Yeah. 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 Like Easily. Yep. That's amazing. And can people use like health savings accounts or flexible yep. spending accounts? So, yep. So a lot of people, their employers are have those accounts set up. Mm-hmm. You can just roll that right into it. Yeah. It? Folks can use that towards members. It, it, Strictly speaking, direct primary care is in a little bit of a gray zone with health savings accounts, but uh, most of the time it, it works perfectly fine. Right. Um, so, yeah, so folks can use HSA for membership. They can use it for things like paying for their $5 lab study. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and that essentially knocks off you know a third or whatever of, uh, of the out-of-pocket cost because it's all pre-tax dollars with HSAs. Mm-hmm. Lots of ways to save lots of money. I think it would be incredible to have one physician who knows everything that's going on with me Mm -hmm. to kind of be that anchor. Because I go see a lot of different specialists, but I don't have, not even my primary care, that one person who kind of knows, like, these are all the things that are going on and kind of keeping things in check. You know, this guy prescribes one thing for this issue and somebody prescribe something else for another issue, what happens when I'm taking those two drugs right. together? Yep. And a lot of times that's that, at least in theory, is the primary care doc's job. Um, but oftentimes they don't have the time to do it. They don't have the time to do it. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm saying. For somebody who has some sort of chronic illness like I do, to be able to have somebody sort of as my centralized source of knowledge there, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, because in principle, that's that's how the primary care role ought to work. Or yeah. It's a part of the primary care. It role. doesn't. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. 
when she spends five minutes with me, we yeah. really don't have time to get into an in-depth conversation. Yep. You're such an emotionally driven person. I'm right. shocked you can't get close to somebody. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so the last thing I wanted to chat about passion before we wrapped up is the, you do a lot of your mission. Yes. Uh, I thought that was one of the coolest things when I, yeah. when I found you. And can you talk more about that? Cause I think yeah. that, that even further, I mean, just being direct pay and everything you <clears> talked about today, um, like I hope everybody listening in this area goes and works with you. <laughs> but, but I mean, this was even this kind of just put it over the top for me. So can yeah. you share with everybody kind of what that is? Yeah. So the, so the practice model, so part of me leaving Duke and, and going out and being entrepreneurial, which was challenging internally. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it really is driven by a mission to serve people and do well and make my calling work. Um, and so part of the practice, um, I, I donate. Um, so I, it varies depending on numbers of people coming in, but I donate 15 to 20% of my practice to people who essentially have fallen through the cracks. Um, people who are uninsured, don't qualify for Medicaid, don't have enough money to, to get even a rudimentary, uh, individual plan. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of with this Christian model of service to people, um, we we tie the portion of our practice to take care of people and, and offer exactly the same model of care. Uh, in, awesome. instead of, That's amazing. Instead of doing like a sort of an open door clinic, you know, yeah. pack in a hundred people as fast as you can. No, that somebody who's receiving my donated services, they get an hour long physical and 30 minute sick visits and all the, all the same attention, uh, exactly the same model. So that's, that's very much woven into what the practice is about. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I love getting to do it. Yeah, you're not going to get that at a big practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to cover today? I mean, I'm just, uh, I'm not usually speechless, but it's. I know. I'm just sitting here like, this cool. sounds amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where do I sign up? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, anything else that you think people should know about direct pay, uh, misnomers that you've heard? Uh, I think we've dispelled a lot of them today, but yeah. um, anything else? I mean, I nice? think um, because it, for some, for folks who have insurance, they'll, people will often see it as an added cost, like, oh, I'm already paying so much for my insurance. But part of the way I see it is that added value is just so worth it. Yeah. Um, I mean, from my standpoint, if I having, you know, gone with my kids to the pediatricians or gone to the doctor's office and it's like, oh boy, that was fast. Mm -hmm. um, if I got to spend the time with somebody that, I spend with people. I mean, I, I as a patient got to spend the time with somebody. I would, I would way value that yeah. for for that added cost. Um, so it's not, oh, this is the cheap way to do primary care. Like, no, this is the valuable way to do primary care. Yeah. Um, so and I, it's I, your health. I mean, right. you're going to spend money on something, right? <laughs> Yourself, your body is a good a good choice. Good yeah. place Generally to start. Speaking, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, but. Well, and it, I feel like doing these, taking care of things when they're small can save you so much money in the mm. long run. Whereas, you know, like, oh, that weird mole. Well, I don't have time to go. I don't want to pay to go. But if you go and get it checked out, well, it's little, maybe it is yep. nothing. Yep. But if you let it grow, it right. could be something. Now you're in trouble. Well, that's a huge point, too. I think when, with this model, you remove that cost barrier. Mm -hmm. yeah, where we have, right. like, a lot of our gym members, part of their membership is they get PT visits every month. So cool. that little ache or pain that they have, 
it's going to get taken care of because I'm already paying for it. I might as well go use it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as opposed to waiting three months and, oh, now the shoulder doesn't move at all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's going to take a while to fix. I refer people for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but I think when you start to get into these different models and way of approaching your health, that financial barrier, you know, maybe it's a little bit of one to get over in the beginning, but once you're, you're in, I mean, like, why not use it? Right. It just, it just makes total sense. Mm-hmm. So, so if people want to get in touch with you, um, I'm sure there's going to be a number of them. What, uh, what's the best way to get, get in touch with you and, and to set up with that meet and greet or, yeah. or just call them? Yes, yeah, so you out? can, uh, uh, you can go to the practice website, which is sentinelprimarycare.com and it's sentinel, not centennial. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Make sure to put the link in, yeah. in, the, in the show notes. So sent S E N T I N E L sentinel primary care, all one word.com or just give the office call, uh, 919-797-0550 and, and, uh. You'll, you'll probably get to talk to a person instead of an answering machine. Crazy. And they might actually like ask you how you're doing. That's it, right? Maybe. Date of Maybe. birth. <laughs> <laughs> What's your insurance? Cool. Well, uh, we really appreciate you coming over. Uh, Definitely. Uh, this you is, know, being on the show with us today. It's and, my uh, pleasure. Hopefully, for those of you guys driving or wherever you're going, that you've got a lot of value out of this today. I think this is definitely something, even if you're not in the Raleigh-Durham area, that um, you need to check it out. Is there like a national database? For yeah, there is. Um, actually, yeah, this is worth knowing if folks are outside of the area. Uh, if you if you Google DPC Mapper, uh, uh, so DPC Direct Primary Care, uh, DPC Mapper, it pulls up a national map of all the direct primary care practices that have registered to be visible on this site and and i think most people doing direct primary care know about dbc mapper so it's, it's a good resource if you're in south carolina california wherever to find a practice that's close to you fantastic cool well uh thanks for listening we forgot to ask for five stars oh, how could we forget that, that. <laughs> i know so, so please if you're still listening give us those um but definitely go check out patrick um he is an awesome stand-up guy we can vouch for mm-hmm. that um, but if you don't believe us, go meet with him. He lets <laughs> right. you do that too. That's right. So, uh, so thank you so much for spending time with us. Thank Hoping you. To educate our listeners and kind of how the other options that really are out there. And I think people are going to start to see this more and more and more. Um, so, uh, take advantage of it. Um, and I think next week we actually have a pretty exciting episode, but, um, we'll just leave it at that. Yep. So, um, so thanks again, Patrick, for being with us. Thank and, you. Uh, thanks for listening. And we will talk to you guys later. Bye.